Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 111. Today we're interviewing Coach Joe Lombard. He's the head girls basketball coach at Canyon High School in Canyon, Texas. As a high school head coach, Lombard has compiled 1,322 wins in 39 years. He won 1,000 games before losing 100 games. Lombard has led Nazareth and Canyon High Schools to 19 state basketball championships. In his first year of coaching at Nazareth High School, he got his team to the state title. Lombard was named the 2003 USA Today Coach of the Year, the 2003 WBCA National High School Coach of the Year, and the 2011 Max Preps National Coach of the Year. Over 100 of his high school players have received college scholarships. Lombard received the 2015 Morgan Wooten Special Achievement Award from Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. Lombard was recipient of the Distinguished Alumni Award, Harley Reading Coach Award from Wayland Baptist University. He was inducted into the Texas Basketball Hall of Fame in 2007 and the Texas Girls Coaches Association Hall of Fame in 2008. Lombard was named by Amarillo Globe News as one of the 100 best sports legends of the 20th century. He was named the 2003 Canyon Citizen of the Year. Coaches, I'm so excited to be interviewing a true legend. He is the all-time winniest active coach in America. So I'm very, very honored and privileged to be talking to Coach Lombard. Um, I really want to pick his brain on how did he how did he keep this this great streak of winning state championships of consistent winning throughout his career and talk about what are some of the changes that have been made in girls basketball over his span of 39 years so i'm really going to pick his brain uh, i'm i got my notepad here i'm really ready to learn so coaches let's welcome the legend coach joe lombard joe welcome to the podcast Hey, I'm here. All right. That's great. Oh, it's, a miracle. it's a miracle. Hey, this is <laughs> You know what's funny is um I had um you probably know him. I had uh, coach Freddie Johnson, uh coach of Greensboro Day School, longtime legendary coach. And um he had the same issue and so forth. So it's all these it's all these great coaches with over a thousand wins. We we go 
But that's no, a, that's all the old coaches. <laughs> the old coaches. <laughs> uh, uh, but this is great, man. I'm so glad I got you on, Coach. Uh, thanks for taking the time yeah, out. Yeah, we're honored to be here. Fabulous. Um, hey, I you know I, I do this for the love of the game. I interview a lot of coaches on that, and I, I'm I'm one that I'm always trying to learn. So. I'm here. I got my, my pen and paper out. I'm here to learn from you. Coach. <laughs> okay, um, me too. <laughs> hey, I know you started coaching. I think it was in 1979. Is that correct? Yeah, that was uh, fall of 78, spring of 79. So that was my first season at Nazareth High School. Absolutely. Tell us about and I and I read some I read some articles about you. You did not go into coaching. You were in the sporting goods business. How did you get into this journey of coaching? Uh, all I can think of is a, it was simply a calling. Uh, but my <clears throat> wife, we had uh, just married and my wife was coaching at the time. And uh, I loved helping her with her uh, with her team. And so, in the meantime, I was uh, in sporting goods, like you said, and I'd become a part owner of this store, and uh, I just got the bug. And uh, so, I interviewed. I didn't know much about girls basketball. I interviewed for a couple boys' jobs, and uh, I, they didn't seem to be what my fit. I didn't like them, and uh, so I didn't take those two boys' jobs, and then the week before school started of 78, August of 78, I got a call and uh, like, where did this come from? And uh, this was from Nazareth High School. They had won the state title the year before and had uh, let their, fired their coach. And uh, they had an <laughs> opening. <laughs> wow, you never hear that. I, yeah, that's unusual. Before school started, so... <laughs> That that was it. Wow. Yeah. And then and then how did you did you know right from the beginning? Because I speak to a lot of coaches and they kind of knew like right from almost the first practice, like this is what they want to do. Was that was that with you? Yeah, no doubt about it. I just I love the uh preparation and believe me, I had a lot of prep to do to just get ready for that first practice. And uh, I had played, I played college basketball, uh, grew up in Indiana, you know, big uh, state for basketball. And then, uh, but, and played college ball at Wayland in, in uh, Plainview, Texas. And, uh, but I don't know, that helped a little bit, I guess, on my prep. But, man, I started buying all kinds of books. And uh, <laughs> the first book I ever bought was the Bob Cousy book. Sure. You ever heard of Bob Cousy? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, Absolutely. Was, and I, I read that like in one night. I mean, I was so fired up and ready to go. And uh, so, man, the rest, I guess, was trial and error. But I had some good – I had a good mentor. Uh, there was a guy named Dean Weiss. Dean was the coach of the famous Wayland Flying Queens. And then he won several high school state titles. And uh, – so he helped, you know, my wife, Babs, who uh, was coaching at the time. So I had, I had to help on the side, but, but I loved it immediately. I'm sure I screwed up a bunch of things, but I loved it. And uh, it became my life. Yes. And it, 
times have changed because I, you know, I'm I'm 55, so I've I'm getting up there in age, no, but you're young. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't feel uh, when you're around. See, I, I teach PE K five PE, and yeah. this old guy, I I don't I don't feel old. I feel young being around young kids. Uh, yeah. So I have the best job in the planet. I know you feel the same way. Boy, I do too. Yeah. I, you know, I, I imagine that's what energizes is being around the kids. And uh, I have uh, I have seventh grade through twelve. Now I have assistant coaches on every level. And so I'm with those seventh graders every day, as well as those 12th graders. And, uh, and of course have a basketball camp in the summer with younger kids. And, uh, but I just love it. I I love working with the kids and I love the, the, uh, the stuff that goes into it. And, uh, my, thankfully my wife, Bab, she loves it like I do. I've got two kids that went into coaching and, uh, yeah, it's just, became, it's just a big part of our life. And, uh, I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, no doubt. I think coaching's a blessing. I know that, um, yes, sir. coach, you have a strong lineage, uh, of basketball coaching in your family. Cause I think you're one of the few coaches that you, your wife and your son have all won, state championships i don't know too many situations where that has happened <laughs> tell us about that man that's a strong lineage right there well yeah or crazy enough to do something like that <laughs> I mean, who would want to do that take that on but uh my uh my wife babs like i said she was coaching when we married and uh we married in 75 and uh she was coaching at the time and and uh, at Hale Center, Texas. And uh, so I was helping her, you know, and of course fell in love with it, loved, loved the, that aspect. And uh, so in 1978-79, my first year at, uh, at Nazareth High School was really her final year at Hale Center. And uh, we both won state titles. Mine was in, back then, that was called Class B, Hers was class A. And uh, so, well, the, the, that later that year, we, she gave birth to our first child, Lindy, our, a daughter. And so Babs got out of coaching after she won the state championship. And uh, I stayed at Nazareth for seven years. And then before I went to Canyon High School. And uh, well, my, we have a son and my son won uh, two state titles at uh, Wall High School. Wall High School is a 3A school in Texas. He won it in 2014-2016. And uh, the amazing thing was that uh, we also won it at Canyon those same two years. So uh, we were playing back-to-back. We were in guess we were in 5A at the time, but we were playing back-to-back at the state championship. So it was like a storybook type thing. And, uh, and since then, my daughter, Lindy, uh, was an assistant coach at Argyle High School. And uh, they won a state championship in 4A in 2017. And uh, so actually all four of us have a part of that <laughs> state championship thing. That is rare. 
I mean, I, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> Coach. I mean, you can write a book on that. So, I'll, I'll, matter of fact, maybe I'll help you write your 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 book on that. I mean, that that is very rare. But that's so cool. Yeah, it is. It really is. So, needless to say, we have a lot of things to share and talk about. But uh, you know, when you get your family together, you try to get into a normal life thing, and it's sometimes it's hard to do. But you try to uh, change the topic. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm definitely familiar with that. Sometimes I, I have yeah. to. I, I, I've been told many times you need to broaden your horizon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still working on it, Coach. Maybe you yeah. can give me some ideas. Keep, keep working. Keep going. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I really want to talk to you, and I, as I said before, I coach girls. So basically, what I, I, I talk to coaches on how they build a program because I don't think there's enough program builders in our coaching profession. I know that sounds kind of negative, but sure. you're, you're definitely a program builder. It, um, I was watching a video of you uh, around all your, your feeder uh, youth, all your youth, all your young kids, and they really love you. You got to build it from the ground up, don't you, Coach? Well, no doubt. You started as soon as you can. For me, as part of my job – in Texas, there's athletic periods, and so I go down to our seventh grade athletic period, and I'm there every day. And then I hang around to the next period is our eighth grade athletics, the next period. And then uh, earlier in the morning, we have a ninth grade period, athletic period, and then we have a followed up by a varsity period. So I'm in four class periods every day during the school day. They're like in some states, those would be PE periods. Yeah. But in Texas, in Texas, they're as, actually athletic periods. So I'm, I'm basically working with my players those nine months of the school year. Now, we do camps. You know, we do uh, basketball camps with kids younger than that. But as far as being with them day in and day out, it's, it's in school. It's our school ball. And it's our school athletic period that I'm, I have that connection. And so I've been blessed to be able to be in that situation. Now, if I, Kevin, if I had to teach four periods of physics <laughs> and coach basketball after school, I don't know if I could make that or not. But in Texas, it gives me an opportunity to just coach basketball. I've had a few other classes. I've had some regular PE classes on the side. Uh, I had an accounting. My first year at Nazareth, I think I taught accounting. Maybe I've taught a health class or two in there, but basically my job description is uh, I'm a, I'm a coach and I'm in these athletic periods uh, throughout the day. So uh, that helps build uh, because I'm with them every day. Now, Hey, to get that going, fundamentals is the thing. Sure. And so teaching them to, how to shoot it and pass it and dribble it. Uh, that's, that's what we do. And uh so you start from the ground up with that stuff. And, uh, and I, I'm still coaching it to my uh, seniors every year, a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, what an advantage, though. I love the athletic period. I think that is so smart that Texas is doing that. And I don't think people realize how much responsibility a coach has because I teach six classes of PE, so – that we can yeah. I can't do that here, but I think that's really smart. If you truly want to build a championship level program, you yeah. have to do that. 
in the state of Texas, uh, football is the king. And so I think our football association has so much power. So I don't know when this started, but it was way before my time, the athletic period. And so uh, I'll give credit to football to get that thing going. <laughs> but uh, but we have it pretty much with all of our sports. And they're different periods. They're not all the same period. They're scattered throughout the day. We're on an eight-period schedule. So, uh, you know, foot, a first period may be volleyball. And uh, my ninth-grade period is third period. My varsity is fourth period. Then seventh and eighth periods are our junior high classes. And so once we get to the season, then we actually have after school workouts or before school workouts, you know, once we get to October 15th or so. So, uh, yeah, man, we get them all the time. And uh, my, my biggest fear is I wear them out. <laughs> so sure. once we get into the season, we're doing basically a two-a-day workout. Yeah, but you're really preparing them, though, to – play at a high level and you're preparing them also for kids who want to play at the next level. Our, our problem here is I have girls, I'm at a small school and we all girls play three sports. Sure. So they're good in all three, but not great. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But, um, what's, is that good or bad? Tell me, tell me what you think. Is that, I, I like to see kids play all three sports, but yeah. it's hard these days, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard. I, it's not bad because uh, that well-rounded thing that people talk about is uh, it's important. And uh, so I think I think a kid can become a college player that way, but it's a little more difficult. Probably in the summer they'd have to spend their time playing the sport they love, they want to pursue. But uh, for me, I have some kids that play other sports. Uh, Many, I'd say half of my kids are straight basketball, but there's the other half that run cross country and some play volleyball, a few play softball. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's possible, but you, you, you know, basketball, you just have to spend time at developing the skills of the game. And uh, you may be a great athlete, but you can't, you know, you can't necessarily shoot the ball the right way or, have a feel for the game that you acquire from playing a lot of times. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, Hey, I feel for you. And I think it's, I think both situations can be great. You know, you, and when you go just to one sport, you have the fear of a burnout. Right. And, uh, and, and so you just have to be careful. Sometimes overzealous parents aren't a little bit goofy with what they demand of their kids. But if the kids kind of help, I mean, the parents lead, but the kids are the ones that are going to express whether they like it or not. And if they develop a love for it, you can you can go year round with it, twelve months a year, as long as it's fun for the child. Now, if it's not fun and you're making them do it, you're going to lose them, and they're going to have they're going to look for something else. So it's definitely got to be a fun thing, uh, but it's a learning thing as they go through their years and they they continue to improve and get better and better. Yeah. I love what you said. They're fun. I think sometimes I think particularly now for today's kid, don't you think? And coach, you have coached from a long time. So have kids changed or have we changed as coaches? Um, I, I still think fun's a big part of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think when I was a, 
and I, you know, my goal is not to have fun, but it needs to be part of every workout where our fun may be competition, which we do a lot of competitive things in practice. And uh, I think that really helps keep them into the workout, you know, where everything's a competition. So we, we do that a lot with that. Uh, I think another part of the fun thing is your, your, just your team culture, your chemistry and, uh, how the, how the girls or how the team gets along with one another. Uh, if they enjoy coming to that every day, uh, you've got a, a big, big plus right there. And so, uh, we want to develop that culture and, and, uh, and where that's a, a, a fun thing as part of their what's serious for coaches, but it's a thing that the kids like to be a part of. Yeah, I love that. And, and coach, tell me, let's go back to your um, your even your camps or your activity periods. How do you develop your fundamentals? Because I think this is really neglected nowadays. How do you develop the fundamentals? Yeah, uh, you have some. You have yeah. some, you have some core fundamentals that you really believe in, that you have done for quite a quite a bit of time. Yeah, you know, just like you see in big camps, we'll we'll put them in lines, and uh, so in seventh grade we may start with fifty or sixty kids before we, you know, unfortunately we got to make a cut, but we put them in lines, and uh, the very first thing we do is teach them how to shoot the ball correctly, and so we're working on the set shot not the jump shot, which is a, a little different uh, description for us, but the set shot, the free throw, we're working on that from day one. And uh, uh, probably also on day one, we uh, introduce a ball handling drill. So those kids have never touched the ball before, develop hand-eye coordination right from the get-go. And uh, so now they've got a, a ball in their hands, and we t we're teaching them how to handle the ball there. And then we get into the set shot and we get into two hand chest pass, two hand overhead pass. Uh, we get into dribbling in lines. Uh, we get into uh, passing, uh, rebound and pivoting. We do all these things together in a group and uh, uh, defense, a defensive stance. They're doing those in lines before we send them to uh, different baskets. And depending on how many coaches you have in there with you, you may have 50 or 60 kids all by yourself. So you do a lot of teaching in lines and then uh, send them to baskets when you need to go to baskets and start working on right-hand layups, left-hand layups. Uh, now, if you have other coaches with you, that makes it that much uh, easier to teach and you can split them up amongst those three coaches or whatever you have as you, uh, as you get them going from the beginning, from the get go. So yeah, we do all those teaching, all that teaching in lines and then it goes to baskets and then uh, we just take off from that. Yeah. And it all starts with the basics. And I know that my advantage I have coaches, I, I teach K five PE and I, I have yeah. all these girls in my camps. I have girls and boys in all my new awesome, camps. Man. That's and, awesome. I, and it's a state I really believe in stations, um, but you got to have to me, you got to have enough. I have my players actually coach my little ones. Um, hey, that's a great idea. Uh, I'm sure you do the same. 
Um, but it's all about it's all about the basics, isn't it, Coach? On that, are we neglecting that in our basketball culture now with AAU, or or is it still prevalent? Well, I I think some are neglecting that, and all they do is play. And when all they do is play, they're gonna they're gonna get better, but they're they're missing out on how to correctly do skill work. Mm-hmm. And so when they, as they get older, that'll come back and bite them later on if they can't do a left hand layup or uh, they can't do a good crossover dribble. If they don't really learn that type of stuff, it really hurts their development as a player. And so. Uh, and the farther they go, sometimes it's difficult to get back there, especially on teaching the set shot or the jump shot, because those things really take a lot of time. And uh, but anyway, we yeah, I, you're you're spot on. Teaching the fundamentals is the key to uh, kids mm-hmm. developing their skills. And as they go year to year to year, you know, you can uh, upgrade the uh, the type of drills that you do with the kiddos. Uh, but they need to have that foundation first. Yeah. And I absolutely love the old, you know, pistol P ball handling. Um, <laughs> we do all those ball handling drills, coach. I, maybe I need to uh, change it up. <laughs> I love those drills and the kids love them. And you said before, if the kids love it, then they're going to continue to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they love to what things they love to do. They want to do it over and over again. And uh, part of that fun is getting better. And so through repetition, they're going to get better at doing these drills. And so in the meantime, it's, it's developing their game where they can pass and catch and do it stationary. Then they can do that pass and catch stuff on the move. And then they can do it for a no-look pass for a layup, you know, for example. I mean, so it just builds on itself. And uh, – uh, you're not going to have a third grader come in and be able to do uh, the no look pass or the uh, the spin dribble or the, <laughs> what we call a jump shot. They're not going to be able to do that. You you got to have common sense and build it slowly. And uh, if you're doing some things, trying to do things that they can't do, they might even lose interest. So you want to make sure there are things like I, I with little kids. I like to have the goals lowered. I want that. I want them to make shots. So we sure. put it down eight foot goal, and we want them to, be able to make layups and set shots when they're second or third grade. And so we've got it on a low goal. So, hey, that ten foot stuff, man, is years down the road for me. I like them shooting it correctly on that eight foot goal or eight foot six goal. And once they master that, then we raise those goals up. Yeah, that's a great point, and I'm sure you guys. Uh, I'm sure you have. Do you have like a youth league and so forth that your kids play in? I know you probably have a big community of basketball kids. Um, do, are the, do they play in a competitive league as well? Is that how you? Yeah, they do. They uh, okay. they they have a, we have a couple or we have an AAU league that they can play in. And okay. We have a uh, a kids incorporated league. We have a Canyon Basketball Association. So. Yeah, there's several things they can get to get into at, and play competitive basketball. Uh, some of that works on skill development, but we 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 get them in our basketball camps, and we start in second grade, and uh, we start skill development with those kids in second grade, and then they can take that to the different leagues that they play in. 
So, uh, yeah, you don't want to skip over that stuff. You want to make sure you're getting that early. Yeah, that's so important on that. There's a great coach out here by the name of Gene Durden uh, out here in Georgia. He's won umpteen state championships. Not as many as you yet, Coach, but um, – but he's probably he, not old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's about my age. But I tell you, he runs what they call the breakfast club, where he has kids come in at 630 in the morning and does ball handling and shooting. And he told and, and he I've been to it and so forth. It's amazing. He has grades five to 12 all in the gym, about 90 to 100 kids. Um, yeah. And that's all they do. And he says. This is where our program is built because why our kids are winning these state championships is not by happenstance. It's by they've been working on these skills for a long time. It takes a lot of pride in that. So it sounds yeah. like you're, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, maybe a little bit different way, but I like the sound of the Breakfast Club. Have a little uh, name there. I think those. I think that's a great idea. But, yeah, ball handling, you got to be able to handle the ball and you've got to be able to shoot it. And uh, so you've got to really spend extra time on those things. And if kids can do that, you can you can teach really anybody to play defense. And uh, and in the girls' game, as you probably know, Kevin, sometimes the most difficult thing is scoring. And so <laughs> you're you're working on those offensive fundamentals at an early age. Yeah, I totally believe in that. Coach, let's let's branch off a little bit about Texas girls basketball. There's a tremendous legacy there. I don't think a lot of people really know how great Texas girls basketball is. I know here in Georgia, it's football, and we have great players here, but you guys have a great tradition of girls basketball in the state of Texas. Yeah, we really do, and it, it really started – I've been coaching 42 years, and it – it started before my time, but way back, I, I started in the, in, like I said, in 1978. And that, at that time was just the big schools were getting started, but the smaller schools, the little 1A and 2A type schools had been playing for a long time. Maybe as, yeah, I, I think our school started back in the twenties, <laughs> uh, started playing girls basketball way back. And uh, there, there was the six-player game, which was uh, actually my first year coaching, 78-79, was the first year of the five-player game. Right. And uh, so they were playing the six-player game way years before I ever looked at it. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, that's, that's where it started. But uh, we have uh, in, the, in our – West Texas area, which is out in the panhandle where we don't really have a lot of people compared to the Houston's and the Dallas and San Antonio areas. Uh, we've led the regions for most state titles in girls basketball. And it's just because there's so many really good programs in, in, uh, you know, 60, 70 years ago was in the small schools and now it's everywhere. Small schools, middle-sized schools, big schools, it seems like one thing that I've noticed since I've been coaching the 42 years, there's, there's hundreds of good teams nowadays. And when I first started coaching Kevin, I'd say there was five or six or seven really good, strong programs. And now there's 105 or 205. The coaching has gotten so much better. And, uh, and so the players now, of course, they're playing year-round. 
when they probably didn't used to. And so that's helped also, but the coaching has gotten better. And, and so uh, that's fun to see. And it's, uh, it's nerve wracking to play all these good teams that were uh, maybe a hundred years ago. You, you didn't have to play, play that well to win. Now you have to play well to win game in and game out. So what great competition and fun for the fans and, um, and we're still winning lots of state titles out here in West Texas, uh, even though we're sparsely populated. Amarillo and Lubbock are two big cities that both have close to 200,000, but you have all these little small towns like Nazareth and Canadian and Happy and Groover, uh, and I could name a hundred other places. <laughs> uh, Canyon is a uh, we're a 4A right now. We're a 4A size school, but with about, uh, oh, we have about 12,000 residents, I guess, in our, in our city. So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's fun to be a part of all that tradition. Yeah, I'm really jealous, Coach, because it sounds like you guys are just, you have a community-based program, which is important. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, and we're into all sports. I mean, our kids play all sports here. But uh, the basketball thing has been maybe the longest thing as far as the tradition of excellence. But uh, we play everything. I mean, we've got soccer, we've got wrestling, we've got we've got it all. You know that, like you see other places. Right, and and I, I read an article that you said, and I Huddle is the preferred video and analytics platform for over six million users and one hundred and fifty thousand teams worldwide. Huddle offers a complete performance platform, including the most powerful and flexible tools for video analysis with online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, analysts, and more. For more information on Huddle, check out hudl.com or at Huddle on Twitter and Instagram. You have won 19 state championships, which is unbelievable. But you have mentioned that it's not about that. It's about building the right culture and, and right culture Trump strategy. Is that what you all believe in? Well, I think, you know, when people ask me, what's the key, what's the key to having a good program? I, I really believe in the, on the girl side, since I've been on the girl sides more, it's the culture, it's the chemistry, how the kids get along with one another. If you don't have that, you're going to lose them. They're going to look for something else to do. So that, that's got to be an important thing. And so, you know, maybe when I was a younger coach, I was a little more into winning than I was building culture. But now it's really more the opposite. I'm trying to help build the culture. And it's something that the kids can take with them after they get out of high school. I mean, they learn to work hard. And uh, like this year, we had three core covenants, Kevin. Uh, number one was positive attitude and you know that's easier said than done you got to work at it and so we uh i had the kids we bought the energy bus by john gordon and so yeah. that was a book that we kind of great book studied on the side along along with our season and uh positive attitude every day you know that then you know you know you coach as much as we do sometimes you don't always receive that from the players so we, we, we worked on that, talked about it. The second thing was be a great teammate. And that brings in a lot of things into play. But are you really 
not don't just be in it for yourself, but how about being a great teammate, being an encourager in practice, uh, being good to be around. Uh, and our third thing was just to be hardworking. Uh, and we've said be the hardest working team in Texas. And uh, so those were our three core covenants this year. And we changed those things from year to year, but that's what we were trying to accomplish on the side as we went through our season. And uh, so, and it's not, you know, when I was younger as those three hour workouts, it's not that now it's maybe <laughs> working, working smarter, maybe sure, hey, sure. I couldn't handle that anymore. I mean, I would be, I'd be uh, worn out. So, uh, you know, but you want to work the kids hard and, and get through stuff quickly. And, Hey, I learned something this year. I, I've never done this, Kevin, because I, I like, there's times I like a quiet gym so I can talk. Sure. Well, this year we went to a Texas Tech men's workout, Ke uh, Chris Beard. Chris Beard, yeah, great guy. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it going. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's got it going. But I would say twenty five percent of that practice, they had they had the loud music going, man, through the <laughs> pipe through the uh, speakers, and uh, so when coach wasn't having to speak, they had music going that uh, you could tell. Obvious, his players like like that as uh when they did shooting drills or ball handling drills or dribbling drills um they had that thing going so i i mean not quite so much but uh we, we uh we piped in a little music this year and uh they responded well to it so that's something new i'm always trying to learn just like you i'm trying to get better yeah and that you know what's funny is that all the great coaches—they're just like you. They're—they're—they're they're, they're learn it alls. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's the key. If you had to go to a coaching clinic and give one piece of advice, would that be it? Yeah. Hey, uh, I think we all—I think we all receive gifts, uh, spiritual gifts, uh, gifts that we're good at. I think we all receive those type of things and we all have those things and they're different maybe from individuals to another individual. And, uh, I think a gift I've been given is just the passion for the game, wanting to learn it. And, uh, it wasn't maybe I was an average player, you know what I'm saying? I, I, so maybe it wasn't just my physical gifts it was more of the passion type thing and uh love to study it i mean i still study it and and uh so these podcasts that you do if i could get out a message i think have mentors and learn from others and don't think you have to do it by yourself and don't think you know it all learn learn from others and expand your game and see what else is out there uh, it's definitely great to have uh, you want to go to your strengths and uh, coach your strengths but it's fun to explore other parts of it. And uh, I, I think you can pick up some good ideas too along the way. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice, coach. And I think, um, I think sometimes as coaches, we want our players to explore and get better, but we not, we might not be doing that. Um, <laughs> so I think we have to do it. And I think the players know when the coach is getting better. And I think they respond, they respond, players respond to, your body language, everything, right? Oh, no, there's no doubt, no question about it. You can't fake it. And, uh, 
you know, and I, back when I started coaching, everybody was uh, a kind of a tough guy that coached. You know, uh, you know, people say Bobby Knight, but he was he was just one of hundreds of coaches that were tough. Everything was tough nosed, hard nosed, kick their butt type attitude. You know, and and so. I kind of wanted to start like that, and <laughs> it it just wasn't me. <laughs> they could tell I was faking it, and so thankfully I woke up to being me. And that's the neat, neat thing: you don't have to be like somebody else. You can just be you. If you're meant to be a coach, you can just be you. Have your personality, and uh, and uh, you know, just bring some energy to it. And uh, like I said, some fun to it. Your culture to it, and you can. I don't care who it is. You you can coach if you love it, and you try to learn it. You know, you can you can you can bring it. So, uh, yeah, I think it, I think there's a lot of great coaches out there, and uh, I'm just honored to be just a part of the little fraternity of that. Yeah, that, that's great advice, Coach. And I, um, if those are the last two things you mentioned and so forth, uh, just about you know, really learning the game and really just be yourself. A lot of coaches don't want to hear that. They want to get the best offensive, you know, play. That's important. <laughs> I'm still searching for the uh, all-time greatest offense. I'm still searching. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go into that, though. Since, since we're talking about that, I really like – I really love to study systems. Are you a system coach or are you an, what I call an adaptable coach where yeah. you, you change from year to year? Well, I was early a systems coach, and uh, we would run – and I think it's good. We'd run the same offense with our seventh-grade team as we did with our varsity. And you can see as you go from seventh, eighth, and ninth how beneficial that can be. Uh, and years ago, it was, it was the post-oriented game, the high-low stuff and different types of post-oriented offenses. Uh, and that's playing that inside-out basketball. That's what we did the first 30 years of my career. And even this year, we went back to a little bit of a form of that. Mm -hmm. And it's still effective. And because uh, you're trying to get great shot in offense, you're trying to the bottom line is you're trying to get great shots, and uh, and so you can do that different ways. I think you've got to go inside, and I think you can either do it with posting up, or you can do it with dribble drive type things, or uh, cutting maybe. I th but I still think the ball needs to go inside the paint and then come back out. I don't think even the guys that are just only three-point shooting teams, I think to set that up, you've got to have some inside game to get it to collapse. And so we've done probably in the last 10 or 12 years, we've done more of forms of dribble drive and a little bit of motion offense, uh, a little bit of ball screening. Uh, and, you know, and you can watch all these teams, these NBA teams and college teams do ball screening. Hey, for most girls, that's not a natural thing. Right. <laughs> you, know, sure. you, you don't just pick it up and go score off of, off that. Even though it looks easy uh, when you see Chris Paul do it, you know, it, it's not, you know, developing girls to do – I mean, teaching girls to do that, it's not like you're going to score off of that stuff. 
they're going to make a lot of bad decisions until you actually break it down and work on it. So, uh, yeah, I've run a lot of offense through it through the years. And uh, a thing with me is I don't like turnovers and I like good shot selection. So take that back to Bobby Knight or whatever you want to take that from. I We strive for that and no matter what we're doing. On the varsity level, our goal is 10 or fewer turnovers a game. And so you can't just throw that thing around and please me. I mean, I, I just – I, I don't think you can just throw it around, throw it out of bounds, and and uh, I think you got to take care of the ball. And so, hey, whether you shoot it quick or whether you go eight or ten passes or whatever, you got to you got to take care of the ball so you can get a good shot, a good look at it. And uh, so we're constantly trying to f- different ways to get layups and easy shots and build the offense inside out. Yeah, you mentioned about – I think the hardest thing to teach, I know for my side, I can only focus on what I do, is shot selection. And we have a system here where we call, you know, nines. Nines is an uncontested layup. Seven's a uncontested jumper. And five is a contested decent shot. And then three is just a bad shot. We have yeah. to literally coach our kids on what a good shot is every day. Yeah, and that's a fine line because you don't want to hurt their self-esteem, you know. But at the same time, you're a, you're the coach. And so, in my opinion, what the coach says goes. And, and, and uh, so when we, when we teach our kids, and we're teachers as well as coaches, I mean, kind of, to me, it's the same thing. Uh, you're teaching them in the classroom how to do algebra or – English three or speak Spanish or whatever you're teaching same way in basketball, you're teaching shot things like shot selection and they need to understand what a good shot is, what a bad shot is. Yeah. And each player has to know their strengths and weaknesses. And that takes a lot of coaching as well. Right. It really does. Yeah. It's Uh, different. It's different. You got to fit all that together to have a great offense. Tell me coach, I need your expert advice. I have, uh, no, we won 21 games this year. We, we're, we're actually starting a new program out here. The school's only four years old. So, um, and we've had a lot of success here, uh, not based on coaching, based on good players. So, um, <laughs> six foot girl, and I have a bunch of little guards that are uh, next year. I'm going to have a bunch of guards. Um, give me some ideas on that. I ran a lot of four out, one in, um, but my big post is better actually on the perimeter. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't yeah. like contact. So, yeah, you, you know, you see that a lot with kids playing with her back to the basket is not a natural thing. You've got to develop that because you think about it, you don't really, you can't really see the basket. So it, at first it's just not a natural thing. Now we still work on back to the basket post moves. And uh, if you do that, you want to, definitely keep it simple like we start with a drop step and then uh we we teach them to face up and nowadays the last few years seems like we teach our post players to face up more than anything sure i want them to look like they're a perimeter player but they're just closer to the basket and so hey that's six footer we're going to send her through all of our developmental skill stuff she's going to go through it just like the guards but really, her value to the team may be if we can get her facing up a little closer to the basket. 
where she can go in there and dominate. And uh, so we're going to teach her guard skills, but we're also going to teach her close to the basket type skills. And, uh, and we spend, you know, Kevin, we may spend only five minutes a day, but if you keep it simple and five minutes a day turns into 10 minutes, you know, as you go through the season, I think they can really develop some things that will help your team. So, yeah, I like the four-out, one-in thing. Uh, we've done five-out and let certain players post up in that. And uh, But sometimes if there's not a little bit of structure, they're all posting up and there's no room for anybody. And, you know, <laughs> it's chaos. And so uh, uh, sometimes you got to have just enough structure that we just only post up the ones we think that can – score inside let the other ones do the dribble drive thing or penetrate and kick you know let but oh Susie hey you got you may have the talent Susie that you can play a little closer to the basket and get some easy shot opportunities for the team Uh, if you're big in developing a post player I think just pinning positioning and pinning is the key right make 17 different post moves and if you can pin for the next pass, hey, that's really all you got to do. If you if you got somebody that's a straight post player, and doesn't have the doesn't have the ability to play outside, but if if that six footer has the ability to play outside, I want to develop her her perimeter skills as well, because obviously those will pay off for her down the down the uh, path to her getting older and becoming a college player. Yeah, and, she, uh, I had kids. Yeah. Uh, I can think of a couple kids, and this was 20 years ago, Kevin, that were five foot eight post players for me. That they never shot a three in high school, but they went to their universities and set three point shooting records. <laughs> Amazing. Now, yeah. Probably some bad coaching, bad coaching decisions <laughs> on my part in high school. But what I'm trying to say is they went through every shooting drill with our guards, but we went to run our team at offense. I didn't, it wasn't in the cards for them to just shoot threes. I was trying to get them closer to the basket so they could, we could develop that inside out game. And so, hey, that's the honest truth. Three point records in college. One went to Wichita State and one went to uh, West Texas State right here in Canyon. Yeah. And uh, hey, they were post players. But it sounds like you're developing basketball players, not yeah, just, I mean, exactly. so you really helped them out. Yeah, it's not like we spend the whole time them just playing with their back to the basket. We try to develop their all-round game. But if that skill will help our team be better, hey, I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, but she's the first thing is well, let's have Susie help the team. I mean, so that's part of your culture. You're trying to do things for things that kids can do that can help the team, not just themselves. And so – it's for the good of the team. And, you know, so you're constantly preaching that, hey, you do this really well for the team. And thanks for bringing that to the team, you know. So uh, that's going to be a hundred different things. I mean, your attitude, it, it bleeds over to the team. And so if you got a bad attitude about the position the coach has you in, it has an effect on the entire team. So learn to find a, a joy with what you do well and, bring that strength to the team, help us out. Yeah, and you mentioned parents, Coach, and I know 
um, there's no perfect situation. You might have won 19 state titles, but I know <laughs> you still have to deal with parents. How do you deal with parents? Yeah. Well, I try to be honest with them. And uh, we have a, from the first, when we start our after school workouts, the first day we have, we call it open house. And we invite our seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, JV, varsity teams. Uh, we invite them all to uh, demonstrate. And um, each team will demonstrate for about five minutes. And we'll do some drill stuff that we do with them. And, of course, we invite the parents to come at the same time. And so the seventh grade team will demonstrate set shots and lines, layups at baskets, uh, crossover dribble. And then they'll get off, and eighth grade will come in, and they'll demonstrate the jump shot in line. They'll, de they'll demonstrate the offside hook, and they'll do a full-court passing drill. And so we just – kind of up it each time with each grade. The varsity will finish with a, with a little 15-minute uh, scrimmage. But when, when our demonstrations are over with, and it, they're over within an hour at the max, we have a parent meeting. And so I take that time to do a little preaching with a – especially as I've gotten older, Kevin, you yeah. probably could get away with it. You're young, but <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm in my – I'm 66, getting ready to be 67. Okay. So I feel like I can preach to them a little bit. But I, I talk to the parents about their role they have with our team, and their role is not to coach. That's covered. Uh, their role is to be a parent and really support their kids – and the kids' role is to play. So parents, again, you're not playing. You're you're being a parent. So uh, the kids' role is to play and have that part of it covered. So we all have a role that we play. And we have this thing called the Ten Commandments of Being a Basketball Parent. And we pass those out every year. Hey, parents, go home and put this on your refrigerator door. Put it where you can see it. But I need you to follow these these type of things and it it'll help maximize what our team could do and uh you know for the most part our parents buy into that i mean there's always some that don't they want to be unhappy all the time <laughs> and so when they want to be unhappy all the time you know their 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 child is probably going to be unhappy and so you know dealing with that is another issue but hey try to enjoy it. And we're not, I'm not trying to say that I'm not going to make mistakes as a coach, as a parent. Hey, we're going to make mistakes. I promise you, we're going to make some mistakes. I'm going to call timeout the wrong time, or I'm going to have them in the wrong offense, or I'm going to screw up, but understand we're going to love your child and we're going to do the best we can. And I have good people hired here that are my assistant coaches and they're going to do their absolute best to help your child become the, the best she can become. And I said, now, understand, she also uh, inherited DNA from you, mom and dad. <laughs> were you an All-American player when you were in school? Were you this? I mean, we sometimes we can't make them something that they're not built to become because of DNA, but – we're going to have a great culture and we're going to make them as good as they can be on a gradual process. And, uh, man, I hope we all are all enjoy the journey of the ride. 
you can always look for little mistakes and little things. I mean, there's always screw ups because you're dealing with human beings, but at the same time, uh, it can be a, it can be a wonderful year, a wonderful season, a, a great thing for your child to, to learn life type skills by being on the basketball team. She's learning how to work hard. She's learning how to get along with others by being a great teammate. She's her attitude is everything. And so she's learning about positive attitude. And so, Hey, parents, I mean, what else would you want? I mean, me, I think back and when my kids were growing up, I mean, these are things that I want. I know we all want to have the, our kid to be the best player, but come on, face reality. There's always going to be probably somebody out there that's a little bit better. Why not develop these lifetime skills and let us help you uh, along with your parenting? We can help you develop your child. So anyway, hope that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I really believe in those. Um, and I, I, I tell you what, I, I love what you're doing is you're honest. You set expectations. And I think that develops trust, right? Exactly. Exactly. They know where I'm coming from. And, uh, and I think I know I have a lot of coaching friends that try to avoid parents because <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, we have a bunch, I mean, we have, you know, 75, 80 parents. I don't know however many kids we have in our program. So you're going to see them at the store. You're going to see them at Walmart. You know, you're going to see them church somewhere every day. And, uh, I always, I always try to say hello and sure and shake hands and uh but you just you want to make sure that they don't run your program you have to run your program and do it the way you see fit and uh i think the parents are okay with that yeah and i um and you know what coach right i think i think you have a tough job because people probably think well he's won so many state championships well your expectations are higher probably. I mean, they expect yeah. Canyon yeah. win it every year. That's not that easy, is it? No, no. We lost this year uh, to a team by three in the regional tournament. And hey, that's not an easy loss because <laughs> you invest all that time and uh, we missed some free throws at the end of the game that could have won the game. So, so you, you invest all that time and you end up losing. Oh, what a downer for all of us. And if there's some tears in the dressing room, hey, I, I there better not be tears on the court, but there, if there's tears in the dressing room, it's just because they care. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, you got to – well, me as a coach, you know, I'm thinking, okay, hey, what do I need to do next year that we make those free throws down the stretch? What do I do next year that we, you know, score that big basket or get a, get that big stop. And so I'm already thinking about next year, you know, just by learning through failure. And uh, I think learning through failure is a great teaching in itself. And so as we try to incorporate that, but yeah, man, it's it just, it's fun being a coach. I really enjoy it. And uh, the, the parents can sometimes take the fun out of it <laughs> or a person with a bad attitude can take the fun out of it. Sure. But but ninety nine percent of it is great, and uh, that's why I've done it for forty two years. Yeah, just a great challenge. You mentioned something before about free throws. We lost in the um, Sweet Sixteen out here, and we our program has never done anything in a in a state tournament before. Now we're kind of 
we have expectations now. We lost by four. We missed 10 free throws, and we actually are close to an like a 75% free throw shooting team. Talk about frustration, Coach. And then it's like oh. all, all the work we do on free throws and shooting – but yeah. you know what? That's part of life, man. Pressure. You can't talk to that pressure. <laughs> That's well, the same pressure. thing happened to us. The same thing happened to us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had three prior playoff games, and we were shooting 84% for the line. Wow, yeah. And the start of this ball game, we were we were maintaining that, but we missed, uh, we missed eight free throws for the game. Seven of them were in the fourth period. Mm. And uh, – and, uh, Part of it was we hadn't had a, a – well, I can – you know, you don't know for sure, but we hadn't had a close game in two months. And so right. that was part of it, you know. And, I hey, I need to put them in more stressful situations in practice, and and uh, maybe that will help a little bit. So and, – and also, you know, just a kid experiencing it the first time, maybe the next time she's going to make those free throws too. So it's a, it's a dealing with uh, winning and losing. That's not easy when you invest so much into that. But those are life skills. That's I saw about toughness. Yeah. I mean, because that's going to happen in life, man. You're going to screw up somewhere. Um, On your job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right, man. I love, I love the knowledge you're sharing. Coach, I know you have to go pretty soon. I, I, I want you to share with me uh, what is your DNA of your practices? Because all great coaches run great practice. I'm a practice coach. I love practice. And I want yeah. you to share me what do you guys do to make your practice great? Yeah, I love practice too. And I, I, I still like practice better than the games, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, what you do in practice is you don't have to make real complicated adjustments mm -hmm. during a game because you, you try to practice that stuff in those situations. So once you get to the game, yeah, we've already done this, worked on that. So uh, that's – it's already a part of it, what you do. So, hey, so we have a athletic class period that's 45 minutes long. So 10, 10 minutes of that shooting, set shooting, jump shooting, finishing drills, at least 10 minutes of that. And uh, we usually start practice. Uh, we, we, we started a couple different ways, but I like to start it where it's kind of on an upbeat thing. So we're doing a five-line passing contest. We're doing a layup contest. We're doing the star passing drill. We're doing something to get it going. And so we're not dragging our feet unless we just, for whatever reason, need to do something like that. But we are we are getting it going from the get go for the so the first three to five minutes, man, it's like a competition something, and then we get into teaching after that. And I I may go through that competition. I may put my varsity kids back in lines, but like I said, we're going to spend ten minutes during that forty five minutes of just shooting. Now you expand that to a two hour workout, so a minimum of twenty minutes on shooting. And I'd like to do 20 minutes of shooting and another 10 minutes of free throw shooting. So there's a, there's a bunch of your time just on putting the ball in the basket and experiencing that. Uh, we're going to spend uh, individual work. We're going to spend at least five minutes during that 45 minutes. So at least 10 minutes of little fundamental things, passing, catching, pivoting, that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to spend – 
Uh, during that 45 minutes, we're going to spend at least five minutes on individual defense, man-to-man defense. And it may start out in lines, but then it goes to one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, that kind of development. And, you know, just about anything will work. So you don't have to come up with only the drills that uh, Rick Patino runs or only the drills that Gino runs. You can come up with drills of your own. I like to steal from others, and you can steal them off the Internet all the time. I mean, you can come up with your own stuff. But we're going to do five minutes of that. We're going to do five minutes of position work. Uh, posting guards and uh, we're going to do probably five minutes of a breakdown of our offense so if you're running dribble drive we've got to do some of those dribble drive drills Uh, if you're post oriented you got to work on feeding the post Uh, we're going to do something with conversion transition for five minutes whether it's just figure eight down, two on back, or if it's actually a five on four, four on three, two on one, you know, that kind of stuff. We're going to do something with conversion every day. And we're going to do 10 minutes, 10 minutes of that 45 minutes is going to be team stuff. So we're trying to get all those different little areas covered during our 45, every 45 minute workout period. Uh, But once we, like I said, Kevin, once we get to our after school, then we can add and we're going to do, we do a lot more team stuff at that time. And uh, so really try to get our, our team stuff where it's uh, we're pretty good at running a press or man offense, zone offense, transition, that kind of inbounds plays. We're doing that in our after school stuff, uh, but we're touching on it during the uh, class period. Yeah. That class period's awesome coach, man. I'm yeah, telling you, yeah. you can get so much more done now. Now, but I guess everything's about, adapting and we don't have that so yeah Yeah. uh, you just gotta adjust you gotta adjust um right and you gotta find ways whether that's before or after practice to get some extra working correct oh yeah for sure and uh so you set up your practice and to cover all these different areas that you want to touch on and and we and we want to touch on these areas but I think the, a lot of those great coaches, those great college coaches will say, hey, remember, you can't be great at everything. You want to be pretty good at everything, but you can only be great at about three or four things. So what you spend the most time on is what you want to be great at. So what is it? What is it that you want to be great at that's maybe the thing that you believe in the most or you're most capable of teaching? And you want to make sure – when teams watch you play, man, you're really good at these things. And it may be shooting. It may be man-to-man defense. It may be blocking out. Hey, you got to be really good at three or three things anyway. And But you want to be pretty good at all the little things. And so how you handle, to me, how you handle small details, uh, the kids have got to understand the small details are what win and lose games. And so you got to be able to block out on free throw shooting. Uh, you got to be able to, uh, uh, if it's dive on the floor for a loose ball, you got to be able to do that. And uh, and so just these little things add up to winning ball games. And uh, don't overlook the little things for sure. 
Yeah, the, yeah, I love that. The details are important. We lost uh, our last two games. We play against teams that are a lot quicker than us, um, and we yeah. play against teams that are very athletic. So we yeah. get beat on dribble penetration, and and we get beat on not uh, not you know bumping cuts because teams are so quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the frustrating thing. So, you know, I'm looking at, you know, for next year, we really have to focus on stopping penetration because that's what really hurts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, can, you know, when you – and maybe it's – I know one year my weakness was post-defense. So we worked on it every day. It became a strength. Sure. And so stopping dribble penetration, it may become a strength. You know, maybe you have to pack them in a little closer together or you do some little competitions where you keep the ball out of the lane, you know, you can work on that and get better at it. You may not, your, your player may still not be as good of an athlete, but they can play smarter and use some other uh, skills that they have. So, yeah, I, I, I love that. So I love the process. Hey, go back and take a look at our team this year. What do we need to do to be a little bit better next year? Just like you do. And it's fun to, to build that into your stuff for next season. I like that. I love that learning from failure, and I love that just make yourself a better coach and them a better team. Yeah, and what is one thing that you guys want – I know you're going to probably mention free throw shooting, but uh, <laughs> but that was, that, to me that was like a fluke for you guys because you guys are usually pretty good. What's one or two things that you're going to focus on, Coach, for next year? Yeah, well, next year, this year we were a little post oriented, and uh, uh, next year I think we're gonna we so we ran a little bit of a two post offense. I mean, it's part of what we did. Next year it's going to be more of a one post offense, and so we're going to change uh, and go back to some uh, doing some things that uh, uh, that are dribble penetration, like you talked about. Dribble and kick for threes, uh, dribble and kick, and then drive off that kick. Uh, we're going to work on some of that kind of stuff. Uh, we uh, This year we introduced a 2-2-1 press, and I think we can take that even to another level. And, uh, and I haven't always been a pressing type guy. Kevin, my thing has always been uh, man-to-man half-court defense. That's been me, Bobby Knight. Right. That's been that's been Joe Lombard. And so <laughs> I, I, I want to keep that, but I want to go full court with it a little bit more. So we're going to continue to build on that press. And uh, and then little things, I'm telling you, blocking out is huge. If you'll block out, you know, analytics, whatever you want to call it, it'll show that you can hold teams to 35% shooting. Uh, you're going to win. But what happens is when they get a second shot, their shooting percentage goes up to like 50. They get a third shot, it goes up to 60. So they're getting easy shots off those second or third shots. So if you'll block out and make that a priority, uh, you're going to win. You're going to hold them to a lot lower shooting percentage. So stuff like that, I mean, is fun to pursue and uh, try to develop. Yeah, the blocking out, we're not very good at it. Um, we uh, well, well, a lot of it coaches is I hate to say this, is you know, we're just we're we're uh, we're smart, we're a really smart team. Uh we we are not athletic and we play against teams that are bigger, stronger, quicker, and they just yeah. beat us to the spot. And we, yeah. it's hard to train that 
when you're not going against that in practice. So give me some advice. Give me some advice, coach. Well, I just, I just want to do something every day to touch on that. And, uh, we, and, and on Wednesdays, Kevin, during the season, we work out against our freshman boys. Great. Great idea. So, uh, so we're, we're, we're trying to touch base on that, say, blocking out day in, day out with maybe different drills, not the same old drill. But then we go against our boys once a week on Wednesdays for an hour. And so, oh, man, it gets exposed in a hurry. <laughs> exactly. You know, because, yeah. I mean, they're just more athletic than us. So, yeah. So I tell those guys, don't hurt any of my girls. But, hey, I'm, I'm ticked off if we're not blocking them out. <laughs> and uh, so they got to make a little contact there. To Well, they'll do it against them. They'll surely do it against bigger, faster girls. And I think you can develop habits that uh, are winning type habits. But, you know, uh, if you have two athletes, the better athlete's going to win. But if you have two athletes and one is a little smarter or a little more disciplined or, you know, a little better coached, then it gives you a chance. Yeah, I totally agree. That's great advice. On, um, But, yeah, the discipline, we feel like, you know, our team um, – is discipline, we just got to get even better. And sometimes as a coach, sometimes you have to look in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? We need to do yeah. a better job coaching, right? To me, yeah. it's, I, I hate to say it, sometimes we just got to show humility. <laughs> that's right. Hey, that's right. Hey, we just weren't very good this year. We want to get better, and we weren't very good on whatever, you know. And I, But that's – I like that. I like researching that, talking to other coaches, uh, talking to older coaches, uh, uh, getting stuff off the internet. Uh, hey, I like that. I, I think that's fun. I think I grow as a coach when I do that. And, uh, and you want to be the best you can be. I mean, sure. you want to not just stay the same. I mean, I want to keep getting better. So yeah, I, that's fun. I mean, if, if you all have the right attitude, it's, it can be a neat process. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that the, the, um, Coaches in Texas, if they're listening, they're probably going, oh, no, Canyon's going to try to get better, man. Of course, they already know that. Uh, <laughs> hey, you already gave away your 2-2-1 press, man. I'm going to have coaches contacting me about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, took a little, we took a little version of that Wahlberg press. Yeah, I love that press, yeah. Kind of converted to what we kind of wanted to do with it, and uh, it, was, it was not bad. I, I liked it. Liked it better than just a regular two two one. You need. I spoke to a guy in my last podcast, uh, Ryan McCarthy, who's the head women's coach at University of Alaska Anchorage. He's got yes. great D two. He's run the best two two one press. He run it runs and jumps out of it. Yeah, just with his guards. I mean, it's a great. I player. saw them play. Uh, they played at LCU, which is Lubbock Christian University out here by us. Yeah. They played them, uh, I don't know, three or four years ago in the national championship game. So I saw them play, and you, they are all over the court, man. They, yeah, I, I didn't know what was behind their press, but they were really good at it. Yeah, matter of fact, um, I can I can give you his number if you want to call him and so forth. Uh, he's a great yeah. guy. Uh, yeah. yeah, matter of fact, they're playing right now in the national tur- uh, the region turn or conference tournament. Coach, my last question, man. Thanks for sharing so much, man. I got so many notes here. Um, <laughs> hey, my last question is: Give me a tradition of yours. Uh, I'll just share with you what we do, uh, like in our for our seniors. We um, before the uh, last practice, 
Uh, we put all everybody in the locker room and we just have all the players, the non-seniors share what the seniors meant to them. And we got girls crying and oh, like, a great tradition for us. And um, they were in the locker room for like an hour talking <laughs> to each other. And the coaches, we just went out because it was, it was just a players only. Um, what do you do as a tradition? Yeah. You know, uh, those other coaches out there have to understand when you coach the female, there is going to be some crying and uh, there, it, there's a, a good crying to go along with uh, the other stuff, but that's neat what you do. I think that's awesome. Uh, gosh, uh, let me thank so many different little things. Well, you know, the, the open house with our open house, we have a thing called big sister, little sister. And so, Everybody that plays on our seventh and eighth grade team is considered a little sister. They get connected to a big sister in high school. And so throughout the season, they're supposed to be corresponding to one another, whether it's good luck text or they uh, send them a couple cookies or whatever it is. So they, uh, and they, and the, and the big thing is to go to each other's games. And so they try to support each other. So, uh, that's one thing that we do is the big sister, little sister thing that I think is really, they look forward to doing that. And, uh, they, they get in arguments and who they get as their little sister, you know, and all that kind of thing. And, uh, so I, that's one thing we do have a senior night. That's a special night. The last home game of the season that like you, and, uh, we make a big deal out of that. That's been, that's been pretty cool. Uh, hey, another one that I heard of that we, that would be easy to do is uh, put locker tags on your lockers and then keep them up there from year to year. So when the new teams come in, the new players come in, they can see who's dressed in that locker sure. every year. And I think that would be kind of cool. I never did do that, but I wish I had done that uh, back when we built, we built a gym or we actually built a new school back. Uh, what let's see about 15 years ago. I wish I'd started that. So anyway, those are a couple little things. Yeah. I yeah. have lots of superstitions too, but traditions, man, I, you know, uh, you know, just that's an awesome part of it. That's, that's a fun part of it too. And, it is. Uh, yeah. Cause you probably have a, I probably put you on the spot there. I know you have to be successful. You got to have traditions and legacies, things like that. Um, and I, I, I know you do, I know you have quite a few of them, but to be, have your su sustained success that you've had, you know, I, I learned so much. You can tell why your program is so good and I appreciate you coming on. Well, thanks Kevin. Hey, it's fun to do that. Uh, I mean, I love talking basketball and talking about your program and, uh, and that's how I, when I started coaching and I, like I said, I still do it. But I tried to learn for, from so many others to help develop a philosophy and how I was going to DNA and all that stuff. I've tried to gather that information and study it. And uh, so maybe a few people out there got a couple ideas today. But, hey, thanks for guys like you that uh, put this stuff out there on podcasts. I don't understand all this technology, but uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Joey, you do a great job, Kevin. Hey, you need to start your own, man. I'm telling you, all the people you know. Um, but I, I just, um, you know, I, I, I just enjoy talking to legends like yourself. You guys, and and it's amazing. Um, 
the wealth of knowledge that's out there. And you have really shared so much. You're going to have a lot of people contacting you. How can, how can uh, we get a hold? How, how can my listeners get a hold of you? Well, my email is Joe, J O E dot Lombard, L O M B A R D at Canyon ISD.net. And uh, if they email me, I promise you I'll respond to that. Yeah, that is great. You're going to have coaches contacting you. And I, I appreciate, I know it's a long podcast, but I'm telling you, there's a wealth of knowledge on this. And I, coach, I wish you the best. Keep learning and uh, I'll keep following you guys. And um, hopefully, um, hopefully we can meet one day. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, God bless. Thank you for all you do. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey coaches, this is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at drdishbball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in. Hey coach, this is Brad Shutter calling from Plymouth, Wisconsin. I um, want to thank you for doing the podcast. I've learned a lot from it. Um, I am an elementary fire ed teacher and a girls basketball coach, so we have a lot in common. I like the fact that you um, do a mix of both of the fire ed teachers and the coaches as well. Um, keep up the great work, um, and once again, appreciate um, all you do to grow the game. Thanks.